The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Dex with the I Am Pitch Podcast. And I have a yet another awesome guest on the I Am Pitch Podcast. She runs her own podcast, and she is also one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And she also gave me the honor and privilege of being on her show shortly after my book was released. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have the We the People Our American Story podcast host, Tina McCafferty. How you doing? Hello, Dexter. It's good to speak with you again. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, see that storm interference. All right. What's going on, Tina? How you doing? Hello, Dexter. It's nice to speak to you again. It is so good to talk to you again as well. What have you been up to since I've been on your show? Mm, let's see. You know what? I've been able to do a couple of fun things here in Utah with the military. I went to an event called Hope on the Hill, which raises uh, mental awareness for veterans. And one of my former podcast guests, Shiloh Harris, I was able to get him as a speaker. And I also went to an event called Operation Hero, where they lay out boots for every Utah service member that has died since 9-11. It was a great honor to be both to be able to be in attendance at both of those. So yeah. that's what I've been doing. My kids finished school. So summer has begun. There's, yeah, they're sleeping till noon. So, yeah. <laughs> I wish mine would. <laughs> Them little Yours suckers are still are, young, though. I know. They up, they up like they're in the military. They're getting up at the crack of dawn. I'm like, man, I'm still trying to sleep. Give that? it a few more years. Give uh, it a few more years and you'll be able so. to get them up. I hope so. <laughs> no, but with that said, we're going to go ahead and get ready to get into this interview. And one okay. thing I don't do a lot on the show is I don't do a lot of icebreaker questions, but I'm trying to break you, Tina. So we're okay, going to do a couple icebreakers. <laughs> so the first question is, you are stranded on a remote desert island. Are you alone or are you with your worst enemy? Ooh, alone. Really alone? Yeah, I have two ex-husbands. Oh, well, I have two ex-wives. Perfect. I, I feel you. But <laughs> I don't you know about <laughs> I don't know, man. Being on an island by myself, that sounds miserable. I don't know. Sounds peaceful to you, though. I'll take being alone. (laughs) So the next one is, you can only eat one food again for the rest of your life. What is it? Chocolate. Chocolate. Man. Yes. Do I have to get more specific? No, no. You're trying to become a (laughs) doctor. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't want that. But I do love my chocolate. Oh man, yeah. I, it depends. I'm a I'm not a big chocolate person. Well, I am a big chocolate person in reality. But <laughs> if you catch my drift, <laughs> I <laughs> I can eat a whole package of those miniature Reese's peanut butter cups, easy. Oh wow! Oh, now would be so sick. Oh that's well, so- yeah. I don't feel so good afterwards, but it tastes good while you're eating. <laughs> Oh, you probably feel like I do right now. 
<laughs> so, so, everybody, so everybody that doesn't know, I don't know what it is, but I got off work last night. I don't know if it was the corpse behind the bushes I was watching what we ate for lunch, but I am not feeling the best today. But I am still here because I believe in being here for my guests and creating content at all costs. So I'm pushing on like a good soldier. And it was not from eating chocolate, I promise. <laughs> all right. So the next one is what is an easy item on your bucket list that you haven't done yet? An easy item on my bucket list? Aren't they on the bucket list because they're hard? I, you'd have to ask Google that. I don't know. <laughs> An easy thing on my bucket list that I haven't done? Wow, Dexter, I don't know. What if I can't answer that one? I thought bucket lists were meant to be hard. Are they? Or are they just? I don't know. Maybe? What if I can't answer that? Well, what if I don't this, have a bucket list? This interview's over. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what if? If I don't even have a bucket list, I should you don't have a bucket list. I don't I really do have one. Head. Yeah. Yeah. I got, man, there's a bunch of stuff I want to count. Like if easy one for me would be going to Hawaii, but with these what? gas prices, that's real difficult. So that's, yeah, I was going to say, that's not easy. That's, that takes a lot of money. If you're going to go to Hawaii, <laughs> it's like 10, $15,000. So I don't think all that easy. <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm balling from book sales. I'm like, y'all have me mistaken. That is not the case. <laughs> so we'll go to the next one. It says, who is the most famous person you have met? Mm, the most famous person I've ever met. Well, you know, I am a nerd. I'm a geek. And every year here in Utah, in Salt Lake City, we have Fan X, which is Utah's answer for uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And I've met lots of famous people there. That's really hard to say. Because I get autographs from many people, at least my kids do. I'm too cheap to pay for the autographs, so they have to pay for their with their own money. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Teach them um, I've met a lot of them. You know, here's something really interesting, Dexter. Here's something really interesting. Here's something really interesting. I used to work in hotels, and I once walked down a hotel hallway, and I passed Freddy Krueger, and I lived to tell it. I'm telling you right now, I walked right past Freddy Krueger nice. and here I am alive. Nice. Yeah. Robert England was staying in our hotel, <laughs> shooting a movie, and he was too busy looking at his script to even look up and notice me. So I didn't get the claws. Uh, you know, and I, I can appreciate that because I am a huge horror film fan. Really? Oh, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Love yeah. horror films. <laughs> No, they're not for me. I can't stand the blood. Ugh. No, ah, blood don't bother no. me. It's all no. it's, it's, it's the smells for me, and I can't smell the movie, so I'm all good. <laughs> I don't want to talk about smells. I can be, I can only imagine what you've smelled in your both of your careers. So, oh, let me tell you, last yesterday the body that some poor person walking down the street in Louisville found. They were just walking, and I had to guard it, and I got a nice gust of wind. It wasn't a real old body; it was still kind of fresh. But you could smell it, though, starting to decompose slightly and just the smell just sticks with you. Then, like I said, I, maybe I got some of those particles in my nose and in my belly from that. That's why I'm sick today. <laughs> was it, it was the body in the weeds? How? Yeah. So it was uh, on a public sidewalk and the person was there's like a, a hedge of shrubs. And just behind the hedge of shrubs, the person was there. The homeless crawl in these little nooks and crannies all the time. And sometimes they don't come out. Yeah, like they OD back there. Oh, yeah, yeah, and we think that's probably what happened with her. And I mean, that's 
I mean, that's the American way right now. ODs, man. Everybody ODing. It's ridiculous, the heroin epidemic right now. It's everywhere. That's why you do what you do and I don't because you can handle it and I can't. Oh, I can oh, handle gosh. it. <laughs> man. And so with that said, I, let's, I want to get to your origin story, Tina. What let's made you, do it. you? And so where are you from originally? I am from, well, the only city you guys are probably going to know, most of your listeners out there is Salt Lake City. I am from a little town about uh, 20 miles outside of Salt Lake City called Draper. And when I grew up there, it was just a little community. It was almost considered rural, dairy farms, farmers. That's where I grew up. And now I just live a couple of cities over in a town called Harriman, which is about 20 miles south of Salt Lake City as well. So I didn't move very far. Oh, okay. And so let me see. Um, I think your father, was he in the military? No, my dad worked at, well, yes, my father-in-law. Oh, your father-in-law. Okay. Yes. My husband's father um, is a retired colonel. Yes. And he went to Vietnam, but we don't know anything about what happened there because as you are well aware, being in the military yourself, Dexter, the men and women who served in Vietnam don't really talk about it. They don't, they don't. And that I hate that because they have so many stories and lessons learned that this country needs to hear about and acts of bravery and they just, they kept it all in. And I understand, but, you know, that's why. But, you know, for the uh, Vietnam veteran class, they're one of the fastest dying groups of veterans out there right now, unfortunately. Of course. You know, and, they, and their stories are dying with them. And one thing I want to do on the show is there's a guy that's here local in Louisville. His name is Mr. Will. I've known him since I got out of the Army. And he's always been there for me. But he was a young black soldier in Vietnam. You know, and I want to get his story on my podcast. I mean, that's, I couldn't even imagine being a young black soldier in Vietnam in like 67 and 70 and what he was to went through, you know, facing the Vietnamese enemy, but also the enemy within your ranks that don't like you because of how you, you know, your color, your skin, right? You know, which is crazy. But yeah, you know, that, that stuff interests me a lot. And has he ever told any stories to y'all? No. And you know what? I don't think they understand Dexter is that when they pass, it's gone. Yep. It's gone. And I think they don't understand. I understand that it was very traumatic. That was a traumatic time for, I think, most people that went to Vietnam because of the things that were done there, because of how they were treated when they came back. But what I don't think they understand, I I don't know, is that it is important for their children and their grandchildren to hear these stories. It's important that we know what these people went through. Yeah. And I mean, I can only imagine that was a rough conflict too. I mean, it raged on for I think what, 12, 14 years it went on for. Yeah. 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 And, and like I said, the amount of stories that came out of there that we will never know is staggering. And then, you know, there was a lot of guys that were ashamed of their service at that point in time too, you know, just because of the anti-war attitude in that era, which is unfortunate, you know? So Thank God it's changed a lot as, you know, with my generation. And now we have, we're on the other side of it where we have everyone thinks they're a freaking hero and everyone thinks they're, <laughs> you know, everybody's a sniper. Everybody's a Navy SEAL. Everybody's a special forces operator. You know, I'm like, hey man, who, where are the cooks? Where are the guys that did supply? 
You know, where are these guys at? Everybody I meet's a freaking, you know, top tier, tier one operator, man. I'm like, my God, dude. That's why I just keep it real with my story. I'm like, bro, there is nothing special about me at all. That's not true. That's I, not I, true. I am painfully average, just extremely stubborn. <laughs> that is not true. I do not, just from when I have spoken with you, Dexter, I do not think that you are average. You are far from average. Well, maybe intelligence wise. <laughs> In a good way, you are far from average. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate the vote of confidence. See, that's why I have you on my show to pump me up <laughs> on a rainy day like today when I'm not feeling great. <laughs> Just lifting my spirits all the way from Utah. I appreciate I'm, it. <laughs> I am happy to hear that. That's all I wanted to do today was to lift your spirit. Already have. We, we are just getting started, man. So I know. So let me ask. So where did your love for America come from? Being that you're from this small town in Utah. You know, I don't really know. I have always loved American history. It's always been a part of me. My dad did not serve in the military. I had an uncle. Well, actually, most of my uncles on my mom's side did, um, but I wasn't really close to them. It's always been a part of me. I remember growing up in that small town of Draper. Every July, we'd have the parade, the fireworks, and we'd have a family picnic. But for some reason, I think it might be something that I was just born with. And I really enjoyed American history, European history, not so much. I can't get into the world history for some reason, but American history has just always interested me. And the more that I learned about the founding of this country and what I believe, I think too, Dexter, is that a lot of people probably don't share this same belief. I believe that this country has a spiritual nature. I believe that the forefathers, our founding fathers, I believe that they were blessed. I believe that they were led, that they were guided to birth this great country. I mean, if you look at all the miracles that happened during the Revolutionary War, how in the hell did a bunch of ragtag patriots defeat the most powerful military in the world how did that happen exactly that is that is one of mine where i'm like i'm with you on that and just look at where we have come today sitting here with you on this podcast when at one point in time you know we wouldn't have been able to look at each other or have a conversation without me being thrown in in shackles or somebody trying to lynch me from a tree but Right. This is, this is why I tell people this is the beauty of America. You know, me being able to talk to you freely and express opinions back and forward. And this is why I love this country so much. And that is what drew me to your podcast. I remember how I found it. I was just in my patrol car, like, man, I am out of content for the day. It's kind of slow and I'm bored. And I kept seeing this smiling face with glasses on, like, we the people, our American story. I was like, that looks very interesting right down my alley. And I think the first episode I listened to, was your podcast with the Iraq war veteran that lost both of his legs and became a New York city cop. And I was instantly. Oh, hooked. Yes. Oh. Matias. Yes, man. What an amazing story. What an, I mean, you know, we, th- something America, we think we have problems. And then I tune into your podcast and I'm like, I don't really have problems. You know, I got injuries, but my God, 
You know, it's just, it just really opened my eyes and drew me in. And next thing you know, I'm just burning through all your episodes and, and podcasts. I'm like, I got to reach out to this lady. See if Aww. I can, you know. And you just open, welcome me with open arms. And I truly appreciate that. And and that's why I told you in your book, when I signed it for you, keep doing what you're doing. We need your voice. We need you to share those American stories, especially nowadays when people aren't so proud to be American, unfortunately. Isn't that crazy? I don't understand it. Whoever thought we'd be where we are today. Never would have imagined. So what's, what's spared, spared you to start your own podcast? Well, I actually took, <laughs> it was just by accident. I was taking an online course for another business idea that I had. And one of the thing, one of the homework assignments we were given was to do a podcast trailer. She said, I don't care what genre you want to do, but I want you to do a podcast trailer because for many businesses today, a podcast is the anchor. I did a podcast. I called it something totally different, but I did a podcast trailer and I just let it sit there after I'd done it. I just let it sit there and some weeks went by. And then as things really, I don't kind of, I guess it it was right before the election, the last presidential election and things were getting, I felt so heated and America was being presented as such a horrible place. I thought I need to do my little part, no matter what it is. And since I already had the podcast trailer done, I'm just going to do a podcast. And my only, my only requirement for being a guest on that podcast is you need to love America. So it started off with immigrant stories and people that have found success in America. And then I got one veteran, Dexter, (laughs) and you know, your veteran community. Oh yeah. You are all such gracious people and they all kept referring other veterans and wounded warriors to me. I didn't mean to, but it slowly has morphed into a military podcast because that's just the nature of the beast. You are all so gracious and you just keep referring people to me. And that's how it all started. Man, well, I'm glad. I'm absolutely glad it has started. I mean, it's even through your podcast, you have, you know, encouraged me to try to reach out and do more with my book and my podcast. So you kept talking about Operation Enduring Warrior. And then I was looking at the website and I saw that they have a warrior's voice where they teach wounded veterans and cops to become, you know, public speakers. And so I've been going through that process with you trying to get in touch with them to learn to become a public speaker. And that is all because of your podcast. You know, I've been wanting to do public speaking for a little bit now, but it's one of those things where it's like I have the ideals and just I don't have the know how. And because of your podcast, you've led me to possibly the next evolution in my life. And it's helping me to answer that one question that a lot of officers and veterans have trouble answering. If not a veteran, if not a cop, who am I or what am I? And so I've been able to answer that more and more with my book, with my podcast. But I really feel like that writer's program, if I am able to get into it and attend it, is going to take me to the next level. And I want to thank you and We the People, our American Story podcast for that. So you have you actually reached out to them then? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, oh, yep, yep. They hit oh, me back up. Oh, that makes me so happy, Dexter. Yep. Only problem is, I believe Jeremy is in Alaska for Alaska. four months, <laughs> roughing it you up. So, you know what? I talked to him. Did I'll you? bring you up next time I talk to him because I have actually I wanted to sign up. I can't remember what they call it, but basically, it's a volunteer. I wanted to sign up with a volunteer from Operation Enduring Warrior because, as Dexter mentioned, this past season I had a lot of Operation Enduring Warrior people on my podcast because Jeremy Scarlo, who is in charge of OEW's Voice. I met him at an event here in Utah, the Gunnison Gut Check, and he contacted me and said, I want to have people from OEW come on your podcast. And I have been working with Jeremy. I signed up as a volunteer. They put me with Jeremy. So I am helping Jeremy. He's in Alaska, but I actually will be speaking to him in the next week or two. Man, that is awesome. And that guy, his story is amazing. And what he went through. Yeah, I know. Getting shot, like unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And what Jeremy is going to do is, I think you, Dester, can attest to how important and how healing it is to share your story. There are a lot of people through OEW that are afraid to tell their story on a platform such as this for others to hear. And what I am going to do is we are going to try to get some uh, veterans, first responders that have had, you know, some traumatic things happen to them to come on with me and tell their story. But then I will just send the recording to them so they can have it personally. And that's what I'm working with OEW on doing. I am looking forward to that. And the fear from that is, I was looking at Jeremy's uh, Instagram the other night, and he posted a snap, a uh, a picture of this comment that somebody gave him in reference to his book, like, "Oh, trying to profit off a of tragedy, huh?" You know, I'm like, "It's his tragedy. <laughs> It'd be different if he yeah. was writing a book about Uvalde or something and trying to profit off of that." But this man got shot in the line of duty by an AK freaking forty seven, and he's writing a book to try to help other people, but. That is why I detest so much of social media and the internet because there's just so many trolls, man. It's trolls everywhere. And I can't stand the trolls. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, if you want to follow Jeremy Scarlow, it's S-C-H-A-R-L-O-W on Facebook. Dexter was talking about Alaska. Jeremy is in Alaska for four months on his own time with his own money to help an organization that is building a retreat in a very remote part of Alaska for veterans, first responders to come to and heal for four months. And he's doing it on his own without any reimbursements from anyone. And he's helping out this organization. Uh-oh. And Where I think were we at end- before Biden interrupted us and tried to stop this freedom <laughs> festival? <laughs> um yeah, and I think at the end of the re- of the recording he'll just ask you to start again or something. Um yeah. where were what were we talking about? We're talking about Jeremy oh, we're talking about Jeremy, about what Jeremy's doing, about how he's in Alaska for four months. Yes, that's right. build a retreat to for for veterans and for first responders a place to go and heal. Yeah, well we definitely and he's not getting paid for it. No, and and that and that's why I was like, I want to work with this guy in one way or another. I mean that's phenomenal and we need a lot of healing in this profession and and as veterans with the especially with the last few years and all the strife we have gone through 
So let me ask, so what is it with your podcast that you want to accomplish? What I want to accomplish? Well, you know, I really, as I said before, a lot of people out there, unfortunately, do not have an inkling, a clue, or care about how blessed they are to live in America and call America home. They don't understand about the freedoms we have. They don't understand the sacrifice that many people put their own lives on the line, either home, like yourself for first responder, or overseas, like you did as well, Dexter, to keep us safe. People don't understand it, they don't get it, and they don't appreciate it. That's what I am trying to do. Well, I'm sure, do you know the fight that you're up against? Uh, I'm sure you know uh, uh, Parrish, right? From yes. Parish of Thought. So he and I, we're on this little journey together, and we're, we're both reading the books, a 1619 project. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's rough to get through, and, it, and that's one of the hardest things to do when you love something so much like America, you know. Sometimes we get in these echo chambers and in these corners where it's like it's all in or nothing. And with me and him, it's like I see we're both kind of very in the middle, trying to be as objective as possible. Yeah, but as I'm listening to the to this the 1619 project, I just want to vomit because it is so horrible and vile. And he and I both agree that the amount of poetry in there is uncalled for. <laughs> it's horrible. You know, but we're trying to get really? yeah, we're trying to get that alternate perspective to see where the other side is coming from and why they say the things that they're saying you know but the other question i have for you is so how, we we you and i both know you know america was graded by imperfect men and at that time america was an imperfect place you know i mentioned in my book you know we had issues but how do you personally balance and make sense of america's past sins with how far we have come today well like you said America was founded by imperfect men. There are no such thing as perfect people. There was only one that we know of, right? That's right. <laughs> and so for everything that we have gone through, and are there sins in the past? Absolutely. But I think if you look at how young our country is, Compared to all these other countries as well, and how quickly we overcame them, such as slavery and the systemic racism that once existed, but no longer exists as far as I'm concerned. When you look at how quickly we overcame those, it has never happened in any other country. And America gets blamed for everything. People act like it was the first place that any of this ever happened. Exactly. Am I excusing slavery? Absolutely not. It was a horrendous, awful thing. And you have to remember at that time, too, when the founding fathers birthed this country, that they were trying to keep a fragile union together. And there were some things that had to be sacrificed. And unfortunately, to keep them together, slavery was an issue that had to be put to the side. And it's a horrible, horrible thing. But I challenge people to go somewhere else and find a country where you have as many freedoms and rights and opportunities for growth as the United States. You won't amen. find it. Amen to that. You know, I made a post earlier today about Pride Month. I, I posted, I said, uh, I'm not going to celebrate Pride Month. I'm not going to, you know, affirm that there are more than two genders, that men can have babies and that men menstruate 
and that you know uh, women have penises. But I will celebrate the fact that you live in a country that allows you to live in such delusion safely. And I will do my best to protect your right to live in that delusion, even though I might not agree with it. And we've unfortunately gotten to this point in America, as you're aware of, that if you disagree with me, you're a transphobe, you're a homophobe, and you're a racist. You yeah. know, and that's where we're at now with this extreme. And that's why Brian and I are diving into the whole 1619 project to really peel back the layers and try to understand the mindset of these people. And like I said, from my personal experience, I see how it started and how it happened with a lot of people. But that's why I'm glad we have your show on the other side to kind of balance it out. It, you know, and to challenge and push people in their thoughts and beliefs. So let me ask you this. What has America gotten right thus far? And what have we got wrong? What have we gotten right? Mm-hmm. The Constitution. There we go. I mean, there is no other Constitution <laughs> that has lasted as long as America. The Constitution was the first... The we, you know, our Declaration of Independence. We are the first country who who's the popular sovereign in this country, Dexter. It's the people. That's right. It's all about we the people. And we are the first country that declare that men are born with certain rights that are already there. That's right. That was never done before. It was the king, the magistrate, the dictator, whoever was in charge that gave us those rights. Not God. Yeah, it's a beautiful Those thing. Those two things, are, they're huge, and people don't understand that. People don't get it. That is huge. Hey, everybody, we're back after a slight interruption due to me being cheap and not wanting to pay the full $15 for Zoom. I don't want to give the Chinese my money because I know it's a, it's a Chinese program, isn't it? I have no clue. <clears throat> I believe it is. They got enough. They got enough out of us at the moment. I don't want to give them more money, but I might have to be a little bit more professional for me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Fun. <laughs> so, where we were last, where we were talking was what America's gotten right. But let me ask you: What has America not gotten right so far? What have we got wrong, or continued to get wrong? What have we got wrong? Well, of course slavery, racial discrimination, that was, that was huge. We, that was definitely wrong, but because we are the country that we are, we have changed that. Uh, Another thing that we have, how do I say this? Gosh, Dexter, I don't know. I feel like we're not going in the right direction morally in so many different ways. I'm with you. I am with you. Yeah. And that is very concerning to me that what is it in the last days? They say good will be called evil and evil will be called good. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. And, yep. That's and people what will be I, lovers of themselves. Yeah. What we were talking about, you were <laughs> mentioning about pride month where it's hard because what I'm about to say, I don't want to, if you're gay, be gay, That's right. whatever. That's right. You live your life. We have uh, a person here called Lady Maga. Lady Maga. Okay? Lady Maga. You should look her up. It's a man. He cross-dresses. He is, but this is what's really interesting. He comes from a very conservative LDS background. 
he served a mission for my church. And then afterwards he got, he came home and he came out as gay. Okay. He dresses very conservative. Like he'll dress up as lady MAGA. He's for Trump and he will, he's very patriotic and I'm trying like crazy to get him on my podcast, but oh, I, I can't get it. him. It's like well, yes, 2.0. Exactly. Except for he didn't transition over. He's still a man's a man, a woman's a woman. I dress up for fun. Okay. Well, yesterday here in Utah, we had a pride day in Salt Lake city and he went to pride day dressed up as lady MAGA because he wanted to expose how insane and evil a lot of this is Dexter. He brought a video camera with him and this was put out as a family function. Okay. He was walking by, they had a booth there called um, the church of Satan was there at this family event. There were women running around that he videotaped without shirts on with pasties. And then there's these little kids there with their parents. There are booths with alcohol. A 13-year-old came up to him and um, it was a girl and told him that she was pansexual. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. And just the people that he was filming there with like dog collars and the pasties and this was supposed to be a family event. And he's like, I will not celebrate Pride Month because this is this isn't right. This isn't right. If this would have been a Pride Day where, you know, people that are gay that own businesses that are there, but instead it was almost like very hedonistic. There were people that he videotaped walking past with um he called them ass chaps. <laughs> oh yeah assless chaps <laughs> yes. yes and i'm like you know it's speechless because you can't say anything dexter that's what i hate you can't say what's right and what's wrong well you can there's just unfortunately there's consequences i was watching uh from the daily wire matt walsh's new documentary what is it yes. i watched yes. it yesterday i watched it twice yesterday by myself and then with my wife and the fact is that they have created this world of a delusion and anytime you mention the word truth they get offended and they shut down and they don't want to talk, you know, and it's, then I read this article yesterday about the Dallas pride parade where they had children in bars that were serving alcohol and there were drag queens dancing that. in front of the children. And I'm like, listen, if you're a grown man and you want to come out here and do your thing and dress and drag, I will stand ready at the gate to protect you. And so you can live your life how you wish, because that is what freedom and liberty is in America. But when you start pulling children into it and you're not letting children be children, you know, masculinity is here to protect and grow children, not groom them. And that is exactly what is happening. And that's the frightening part for me. You know, I have young yeah. children and I was just looking. I was like, man, this, you know, gay people have always been here, but I've never seen it celebrated on this level where, you know, today's, you know, June 6th, D-Day. And we're not getting I was yeah. about to yeah. mention that. Yeah. Let's talk about masculinity. Masculinity stormed the beaches of Normandy on June 6th. That's right. Masculinity Where has was, kept us free for since our inception. Absolutely. Masculinity, true masculinity, is not beating, 
It's not taking down someone. True masculinity is defending, protecting, and standing up for what is right. And that happened on this day on June 6th, where so many of those gave their lives. And you know, the, the one thing I think we constantly continue to get wrong in America is our news cycle and how fast we move on. You know, if you notice, we had a horrible, horrendous school shooting, Tina, but the country has already moved on. But yet yeah. people, people keep asking, why does this keep happening? How does this keep happening? And I'm like, and it's young men, non-masculine men without fathers, without families yes. that, have, that have crafted this world of delusion that in their world, they are king. And when reality butts up against that made of world, they lash out in violence. And everybody keeps asking, why does this keep happening? I'm like, look at the month of June then look at critical race theory. Look at our politicians that keep stirring up the past. We have a guy here in uh, Kentucky, uh, Charles Booker, that's running. He's a black guy. He's running for the Democratic nominee as a, for Senate against Rand Paul. He put out a video the other day, a campaign ad of him with a noose around his neck talking about the pain of our past. And I'm just like, really, dude? That's what we're doing? Like This is, this is the message you want to send, a noose around your neck? And every white person is racist. America's evil and racist. But yet this dude is just, he's living a good life. He's like, my ancestors were hanging. I was like, you are not special. All of our ancestors were hung at one point in this country. But nobody's coming up and beating on your door now telling you they're going to lynch you. And if they are, my, my biggest thing was, he's talking about how evil America is and with this lynching. I'm like, you're a Democrat. Those were your people that started that. <laughs> They, they totally get that wrong. I want to I wanna say one thing before we move on from D-Day, though, real quick. There is a video, Dexter. I need you to watch if you haven't watched it, and your listeners need to watch it as well. It's called Boy on the Beach. Have you ever heard of this video? I have not. Okay. Watch this video, and if you're not in tears at the end of the video, your heart is dead. Really? <laughs> because this is a young man. It's called Boy on the Beach. This is a young man who went to Omaha Beach, okay? It happened, I don't know, it's probably been 10 years. He dressed up in military fatigues from that time. Mm. And the whole video is about him. He has a flag planted in the beach. He's saluting the water. And it's all about paying tribute to his heroes that stormed the beach. It's already that giving day. me chills, already giving me chills. Just it, you it. will, you will be in tears and it's so sweet because people come and watch him. There's um, a veteran that comes and play taps. Uh, the news find out about it and they come. It is an incredible video. So being D-Day today, I have to mention that. Now to move on to the shootings. I'm concerned and I don't know what to do, Dexter. I, I saw the news today. And it said 17 people were killed over the weekend from mass shootings. Yes. And nobody's talking about it. Philadelphia, just, Phoenix. Yes. I am Tulsa. like, holy cow. There's been like one every day since the school shooting, I think. And I don't know what to do. I saw, I wanted to tell you something. Um, there's a couple of things. People want to ban all guns, right? Of course. Because of other countries that don't have the shootings. And I am concerned. I am concerned. But I also want to give you a few numbers. In Canada, there are 38 million people. In England, there are 58 million people. In the United States, 
there are 329 million people. In China, there is one, this was from a census taken in 2020, there are 1.4 billion people. And the reason why I'm bringing up all of these, first of all, the shootings are horrible, terrible, evil. I want to put that out there first. When people try to compare the United States to these different countries and the shootings, you can't do that, number one, because, again, as I said, Canada has 38 million people. The United States has 329 million people. That is a huge, that's not even close. And a lot of these, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of these countries have more homogenous population. Absolutely. Right. And I certainly don't want to live like China that has 1.4 billion people. Do we want to live like that? No. Justin Justin Trudeau in Canada is a dictator. He is becoming a dictator. Yes, he wants he wants to take away all the guns. Do you know who J.P. Sears is? Please tell me you know who J.P. Sears is. Navy SEAL, right? No. J.P. Sears, Dexter. You look him up, okay? J.P. Sears. He is, you need to watch his videos, okay? He is a comedian and also a therapist and does videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen this guy. He's actually coming to Louisville here in a couple weeks. Really? Okay. Well, he used to be, I think, a far far more left. I think he's become more right through this crazy Biden administration as Joe (laughs) Biden does, right? Biden, as he whispers in the microphone. But one of the last videos that he did that you should watch is he talks about, I think, at least a dozen countries that have banned guns from the population. And do you know what happened in those countries? The government took over, like Australia during mass, COVID. Mass genocide. Yep. As we're talking about World War II in Germany, what happened? 13 million people. And he goes back, I think, 100, 150 years. And what has happened when the population cannot protect themselves? That is how tyranny spreads uncontrollably. We lose everything. We don't lose our freedoms all at once. It's just a little here, just a little there. And we we have a huge problem here, and it concerns me, and it's scary. And um, I, I, I don't know what to do, Dexter. I don't know if you have answers. I think mental health is a huge issue. That is the number one issue I think we have in this country. We and you would see it. it more than other people being oh out on the God. street every day. I try to tell people like we, you know, we had mental health institutions back in the day and we shut them all down. Right. Reagan these did, people, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They shut them all down. And this individual in Uvalde clearly has some issues, but you know, I tell people it wasn't just on the police. This was failures on multiple levels from the beginning to the end of this thing. It's everybody's looking for somebody to put the blame on. It's, a failure on multiple levels that we are all responsible for as a country because you know this is the country we have created we have created young men like this you know we say you know critical race theory and you know the breakdown of the american family you know taking away masculinity and this is what happens and you know but it's so funny how you know people demonize the police during this thing but where are you why don't you have tanks get in there y'all didn't want us to have tanks though remember and they're not yeah. tanks, but you know, it's armored, armored, you know, armored right. vehicles. 
And it's like yes. we never, no matter what we do, we're always wrong. So it's just kind of no one, one wants things. the police. No one wants to see the police coming unless you need them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know who Thomas Sowell is, correct? I love Thomas Sowell. Oh my goodness. I watched a documentary on him. I think it was on uh prime time. I would, or prime. Yeah. Prime video. Sorry. Amazon. I think it was on prime and oh my gosh, I would recommend you watch this documentary. And one of the things that he talks about, which is so interesting, that man is smart. You, you, there's no brilliant. way you could ever argue with him. He was brilliant. brilliant. I need to read more of his books, but he talks so much about the breakdown of the black family how that happened. And I think he said that today, this is incredibly sad that 25% of black families have the father in the home. Yes, absolutely. I, I heard that stat years ago and hate to say his name, Bill Cosby's book, but <laughs> he, oh, he, yeah, no. yeah, he made that but, point. You know that, that whole thing still ago. depresses me. Doesn't that whole thing still just depresses you? He was America's dad. I grew up with him. That whole Man, thing makes America's me America's so rapist. Sick. My God. I know. It's so yeah. sad. It makes yeah, me but, mad. But he had a he put out a book that was called Come On People. And he was just talking about the plight of the black community. And it was like eight, like he was saying 80% of you know black families don't have a father in the home. But now I think it's even shifted to where in America, there's just not men around, period. You know, yes. it's so it's so very rare, and it you know it transcends all colors in this country, and we have just crapped on men, and that's why I said the country we have now is a country country that we have voted for, and we have allowed this to happen on our watch, and now we're dealing with the fruits of the way we vote and the things we cherish. I, I yeah, I I hope things happen in November. <laughs> Oh, because, it's going to be a bloodbath. I guarantee it. There's no way it's not. right now. Doesn't it amaze you that Biden has like a 30% approval rating. Who Does are he? these people? Yeah. Bots. Bots. I'm telling you, just like the bots that were making fun of you on TikTok is bots. That's who they are. <laughs> it's got to be because I don't understand it. I don't understand anything that he's doing. And, you know, the thing is, I don't blame him necessarily. Because I don't think up here, it's not there. No. He should not be the president. Who I blame are the evil people that are propping him up. And that would also have to be Jill Biden. Oh, yeah. Everyone in his circle know that he is not fit to be president. And those people that keep him in that station, they are evil. They're evil. There's no other way to put it. They are evil. I don't disagree. And I, I see the evil now on both sides of the aisle. Oh, the more absolutely. I research and it's just I tell all my buddies like, man, we, you know, we break down into our groups, Republican and Democrats, conservatives, conservatives and liberals. But on the weekends, these people are elected officials that are supposed to be representing us. They, they go on to lunch on the weekends, man. They go on. They having these extravagant lunches and dinners on the weekend, laughing at all of us as we're paying five no, 50 a gallon for gas. And they are just dancing on all of us and having the time of their lives. For some odd reason, we keep putting them back in office and we can't expect them to, you know, make a law or bill to get them out of office and to shorten, you know, to put a limit on term limits. You know, evil is not going to regulate itself. I heard by the end of the summer that gas is going to be like eight or nine dollars. I absolutely believe it. And I believe it is all by design. 
this whole new green deal and you know that's i absolutely well, believe it do you think they want out of it control well I the think- thing is they're not going to have control i was listening to the matt ryan podcast and he has a guy on there that's like leading the energy war for america we say it's energy independent it's not because china has gone and bought up and taken possession of most of the lithium in the world and so we want to go green energy but where are we going to get our energy and batteries from china has those so we will not be energy you know independent we will be completely dependent on china just like the way you know europe is dependent on russian oil and we will all suffer you know a lot of people talk about the new world order and all that i'm not into conspiracy theorists at all but you know there's there's something going on and we are all just sleep behind the wheel living our lives i say you know we live tragedy to tragedy here in this country and we just keep moving forward (laughs) true and we just oh man those those 19 kids died oh it was horrible oh man let's look hey johnny depp and uh amber heard a fight and she took a crap in his bed oh my god it's just so riveting and i've not watched one minute of that i don't care i don't care but that's the american mindset right now and it drives me crazy yeah yeah it, it it's it's sad the whole thing is sad i i don't understand how we're lazy we are very lazy extremely lazy you ever see immigrants come from outside of america come here and make it because they want to work and they know how to work and boy, well and it's just kind of like if you're born a millionaire you take it for granted and when you're born into freedom and liberty and you've had yeah. it forever <laughs> you take it for granted and that's where we are where we are now we've taken this country for granted we've taken the men that stormed the beaches of normandy for granted you know we take our fellow americans for granted all the time but that's why i have faith in people like you your podcast you know that's why i have faith in, in places like operation enduring warrior you know sometimes it's hard to be positive and think that you know that we are you know the majority and i really want to start believing again that you know the majority is those of us in the middle and more and more people are coming away from the fringes, but it's sometimes so hard to do that because, you know, social media and the news is constantly in our faces. And so, you know, it's just, we have to learn to drown out the noise and that's so hard to do now. So if you could have one thing happen in America right now to to change the direction of the ship, what would it be? Those of us who are in the majority, which I think you and I are, we need to use our voices. Stop being quiet because I truly believe it is the fringe minority that are controlling things because the rest of us are too afraid to use our voices and our votes to speak up and say, this is wrong. Mm, I'm with you 100% on that. We need to stand up and use our voices. You need to show up at places. You need to show up with your vote. You need to, which I need to be better. You need to show up at your city. Oh yeah, definitely. Like school board elections and local elections. Absolutely. That's where change is made on the bottom level. That's right. And I need to do much better at that, but we need to show up. If you love this country, as I know that, all of you listeners do, you need to show up. You need to use your voice. Please speak up and say, this is wrong. This is America. This is not what our founding fathers would want. We are the greatest country in the world. How insane is it 
that we are having formula, baby formula flown in from Europe. And we're supposed to be the greatest. We're the United States of America. I, I saw this thing where, you know, when Trump was president and he had the ventilators made. Oh, yeah. He got everybody together. We're going to make ventilators. Why aren't they, this is baby formula? It's not ventilators. Ventilators, they are more complex. And we couldn't put this together to, to make formula here in the United States. And I there's also something on the Facebook that said something like um, we are the United States. States of America, nobody is coming for us. Nobody's coming to help. Hmm. We are the last great hope. Man. Exactly. We yeah. are the as you said on your podcast all the time. We are the last beacon of light on the shining hill. On the hill. That's right. And if the light goes out here, good night, world. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for coming on and having this conversation with me. I truly appreciate you. I gotta tell you, you're my favorite white lady. And I got a lot of favorite <laughs> white ladies. <laughs> well i appreciate that and and dexter i have to ask you did you send in your papers to start your uh, journey to become a navy pilot i have not yet i have not i'm still trying to convince the wife and the kids that this is the next venture i'm well, gonna be captain pitts top gun well just to let you know when you see jurassic park there are no dinosaurs so you cannot oh. become a dinosaur hunter I am sure there's somewhere in this country, there are fossils that if I pour a certain liquid on it, it will become a dinosaur and I will become you a scientist. Be you might be able to. <laughs> Dexter, I, I love you. I truly do. I am I so grateful that our paths have crossed. You are truly a good person. And you said that you were going to ask, and I'll just tell you about some of my favorite people that I've had on my podcast. Oh, that's right. Dexter, you are one of them. I'm sorry, but you are. You may not want to hear that, but you are. And I think that you will be a fabulous, fabulous public speaker. I hope that you can do that because you are so humble. You are very charismatic. Your sense of humor is out of this world. And you have, you have an incredible story. You are not afraid to speak the truth, even when it's not popular. And I appreciate that a great deal from you. And just to let you know, I put you on my TikTok. I did a TikTok on you. Did you know that? I did not. Yes. Check out my TikTok, but it hasn't gotten as many views as I'd like. I still trying to figure that out, but you've got 2,000 Really? You've got yeah. 2,000 views on it. I've almost given up on TikTok. It's just too much. I can't keep up with the, I can't keep up with the social media. And it's like, you're not advertising enough. I'm like, I am tired. Like, I, it is, it's it, like, is, it is taxing. And people don't realize how hard it is to run a podcast and yes. record, get in touch with guests, do your own editing and release it. You yes. know, it's just, then being yeah. sick and not feeling well does not help. You're like, my four listeners appreciate it. Man, I'm telling <laughs> They are loyal. That's right. But you, you are spectacular, Dexter. Well, I, I really mean that. I mean, you're spectacular as well. So to the, can you tell the people how they can find you and how they can help support your podcast? Yes, that is great. Please. My website is www.wethepeopleouramericanstory.com. On the top right-hand corner, you can select your favorite platform to listen to the podcast and subscribe. I tell stories. I have guests that come on and share their stories that are veterans, 
uh, military, police officers. And it, the invitation is still open for anyone who loves America because no one can tell me different that this is the greatest country the world has ever known. And if I can just end with this quote here that I think is very applicable for today, Dexter, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. That's Benjamin right. Franklin. That's right. That's my favorite Caucasian lady. Give me a digital hug, Tina. Bring it in. Bring it in for a digital hug. <laughs> it's in. It's in, but I'm not going to get too close because you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. You have so much going on, and like I said, anybody that takes the time to come on to my show and to have me on their show, I truly, deeply appreciate you, Tina. Keep going forward, girl. Keep getting the message out there, and I will be right behind you cheering you along the way. Ditto, Dexter. Thank you. All right, Tina. I'll see you on the next one, girl. Thank you. <laughs>